Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar, and welcome to our 2021 Oscar nominations special and reaction show. Uh, we here are on Oscar nomination Monday morning. We're going to record, recap, and react to all of the sure things, the snubs, the surprises, all of which took place this morning at the nomination ceremony for the 93rd Academy Awards. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host, also Mike. It's finally here, Michael. It's <laughs> nomination morning in March, uh, as we have an April 25th Oscars to cover. Yeah. And all our film year-end stuff will happen in April. Uh-huh. But uh, sure. I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I'm feeling a little emotional today. I think you are as well. Like, these are some... This is a big day for us. It's a fun ceremony always, but more so than usual. I mean, a year ago at this time, we were just starting our quarantines and... I don't know. I mean, things have just gotten a little Tom Hanks and Castaway on us. I, uh, <laughs> I've i been talking to volleyballs. They talk back, which is even more alarming. Uh, but we did make it here, and we, we have nominations. You know what I watched last night was that movie The Voices where Ryan Reynolds, like, just uh, his dog and cat start talking to him as the angel and yeah. devil on his shoulder, well, at basically. least he didn't do anything terrible in that movie. Right, right? exactly, yeah. exactly. Perfectly kid-friendly movie. No, it isn't. Uh, yes, although I, I do echo what you're saying. It's been... Uh, it's been difficult this year for volleyball and non-talking volleyball reasons, I would say. Uh, but we're really proud of our programming this past year. We did some great interviews. We enjoyed talking to a lot of great guest hosts. Uh, people were able to, to slide in and help us out with our programming. We covered all the big industry news with huge research projects. We began and completed several new series and playlists, including the James Bond character study, which was supposed to be like this fun three-month project <laughs> that's literally still going on. We haven't finished it yet because No Time to Die hasn't come out yet, so you can be up to date on that. We have this the new Oscars Olympic show we debuted. We had a Mank miniseries leading up to Mank's debut on Netflix, and we went a little top five crazy, which is something we will no doubt do again in the future. Yeah, we loved uh, the top five format for sure. And the way you said some interviews, some great interviews, made, made it sound <laughs> like you had a grudge or something. But no, I no, think... No, no, uh, no, no. I think you're on us for the actual yes. interviewing, <laughs> yes. maybe, with that uh, yes. subliminal no, I, messaging. I, I... We cannot thank everyone enough to talking to us and keeping us as sane as they have. So, yes, that's like that's a shot against us, not against anyone else. All right. So, listen, uh, we're awkward like this all the time, folks. There are 500-something episodes uh, that we have now. <laughs> Look, it, we, we reviewed all the major contenders still this year. Uh, we do that every year with our Oscar Sprint profiles. We covered all the award season news. And, and, dude, we even covered it back last March when we were getting Oscar news. So, this was truly a year-round award season news mm-hmm. Uh, calendar for us uh, with the coronavirus, with the pandemic, uh, and we call that show Oscar Race Checkpoint. So there were many checkpoints along the way. Is this a checkpoint today? So this is like the eighth in a row, in fact, right now. 
Yeah, and it's funny that we used to have a show called MMO Weekly, which we can't <laughs> wait to bring back once the world returns to normalcy. But in Time Hop, I keep getting pictures of a year ago saying the stuff we were covering and how Corona was impacting the movie industry, and we basically had to stop. We our, we our two weekly shows were MMO Weekly and Oscar Race Checkpoint, yeah. and we had to stop MMO Weekly because of, of the Corona's impact. So yes, this is going to be like the billionth Oscar Race Checkpoint in a row. But it's proper at least now as we are have these nominations to talk about today and are headlong into Oscar season. But before we talk about the Oscar noms, if you would, as we ask you at the end of every episode, it would be really great if you guys can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, a rate and subscribe and review us on there. But we're going to start this episode off before diving into each of the 23 Oscar categories with some tallies going movie by movie. And we will end this episode with studio by studio tallies. So, Mike, let's start talking about how the noms were tallied up to each individual contender. So, look, I, these are rushed Oscar morning stats, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I'm very caffeinated. I'm, I'm giddy. I'm quarantined. <laughs> and did I mention, you know, I've been talking to volleyballs for a while. Uh, so, look, I'm one mean Twitter comment away from throwing my bucket in the back of the van and hitting the road, please. So don't, don't send me anything. I'm just a little on edge. But, no, look, I, a little grace with these tallies are off by one or two or – 10 hopefully not but look at <laughs> 20 films with multiple nomadland had 24 nominations <laughs> yeah uh, t- only six we, we were surprised anyway we're gonna we're getting into it right now uh 20 films with multiple nominations mike another 21 features with one nomination apiece there were a total of 41 features uh in all 15 shorts 56 films and the leader on the nomination tally was mank with 10 noms on the night we thought it could have been a little more though yeah i had it for 12 uh the two big ones that it 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 missed are i guess the biggest of the big is original screenplay which that went from a narrative that i thought was going to be irresistible to voting bodies to not showing up on oscar sunday which I don't care how you feel about Mank, and, you know, we, like a lot of people, we were high on it, but we were expecting maybe more from from Fincher coming out. I think that's got to be a stunner to to know that it's not there in original screenplay, knowing why this movie was made in the first place. Did David Fincher just, you know, throw away the shot glass against the wall and it shattered and he just grabbed the (laughs) bottle? Maybe they're saving his liver from himself. Maybe that's why they didn't nominate it. I'm a little upset because I did think the highs of that screenplay were excellent, but we'll get into it. I think Mank, you know, had a chance in film editing, but still 10 nominations for Netflix. It is a nominations juggernaut. But it's bizarre, isn't it, Mike? I mean, if it's not there in screenplay and it's not there in editing, it's not going to win Best Picture, right? I would be shocked. I would I would have yeah. been shocked anyway, but uh, we'll get there, and we're certainly going to have, you know, 17 episodes where we predict sure. these awards coming up. Mike, <laughs> The Father had six nominations. Now, I thought The Father performed very well. I mean, those uh, I didn't have any big misses for it. I think it actually hit exactly about where I thought it would, uh, to, to be frank. There was yeah. a couple no, things No, you that, did. You were on this one. There were a couple of movies the Academy saw uh, the same way I did, which is a new feeling for me. I don't know how to react to that because usually I'm, I'm full of, uh, you know, vinegar and ire on, on the last couple nomination Mondays, but today I'm actually pretty happy, which is ironic considering how I felt about the film year in whole, <laughs> but yeah, the father did, I think as well as the father could have done, uh, those six nominations. We're going to get into all of them. When we go category by category, I, I it's gotta be thrilled with itself right now. Judas and the black Messiah. That's probably your favorite 
number of the day. Six nominations for itself. Uh, missing in editing, production design, director, uh, you know, probably not a front runner uh, in those first two. And director Shaka King was a bit of a long shot, but we mentioned him and he was showing up on Pundit's, you know, top 15s. Mike Judas and the Black Messiah overperforming according to the precursors for certain and uh, some of the pundits. And if you want to talk about resume builders for the future, I think that's what this movie was for Shaka King. That's, that's a name that's going to be showing up in award seasons for years to come. I think Minari six nominations, uh, a lot of the big nominations. It, it did hit on those, uh, including original screenplay and director for Lee Isaac Chung. Uh, we have some misses though. Alan Kim, did not cute his way into this. It's a little <laughs> sad that that happened. Uh, Mike and I, we've had a couple of conversations uh, since the Critics' Choice. an ongoing grudge with an eight-year-old adorable actor. Boy, yes. You're an evil man. Uh, <laughs> Nomadland, six nominations as well. Now, this was more expected. Nomadland was never going to be that ten-nomination juggernaut. Maybe it could have gotten sound. We doubted David Strathairn, even though some pundits we really respect had him there for a while. But uh, Nomadland got their big six. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nomadland goes six for six on the night, to be honest with you. Wow. I think this is going to be a powerhouse in a couple big categories. Yeah, I, I think Frances McDormand is, uh, is is as good a shot in anybody an actress. Uh, we're yeah. going to have to get a good guess for that one, Mike, because I have no idea what's happening there. Sound of Metal also got uh, six nominations. So this was performing kind of like that sneaky contender all season sound of metal we revisited it it had a great resume i think a lot of people thought it would fall back today but amazon prime they do deliver on an oscar campaign season this year they've had trouble in the past but here is sound of metal with six maybe not due to merit as they would have thought this storyline would go but both amazon and netflix i think are having their year finally and i think they both have to be very happy i mean it's been a weird film year Obviously, for a number of reasons, not least of which is the fact that movie theaters stopped being a thing for like eight months there. But to say that Netflix and Amazon, they're both here in Best Picture, they're both here through a litany of categories, they have a bunch of noms, I I would think both studios are thrilled today. Well, God bless them too, because one of them employed Fern who's going to be a two-time Oscar winner by the end of that night. But also, <laughs> you know, the, Netflix made made our year. And if we counted our Mount Rushmore of 2020 entertainments, at least on mine, I would probably have three out of four Netflix sure. things. And I'm thrilled with the Amazon Prime slate this year. Yeah. A lot of great... As Amazon, I mean, good Lord. We were talking last year yeah. about, what was that weather movie, the weather balloon movie? Oh, the aeronauts. Yeah. The aeronauts, where maybe they can that get in for VFX. Yeah, that didn't you know? look fake at all. <laughs> right. That's a, so, I mean, to go from there, I know they had the big sick the year before, but to go from where we were talking about them 12 months ago to today, that's a, it's a huge jump for that studio. Check out I'm Your Woman, and yeah, check out all these nominees from those studios. Look, Netflix, Andrew and I, Andrew of the Nomcast people, the Netflix original movie podcast who i blame for the underperformance on netflix of the day but they, sure, they, me too. They, look they got they got 35 <laughs> nominations and i projected 45 so this is really just me deflecting on andrew uh, right because i was the one who tapped anyway so that dozen that they missed out of yeah. the three dozen they did get shame on them shame on <laughs> them no look at uh trial of chicago seven ma rainey's black bottom six noms for chicago five for ma rainey's black bottom so chicago seven was that 
you know, oh, no, it's going to be a bigger contender than we want it to be kind of movie. And, and we want it to do well. Like, we want it to be represented at the Oscars. We, we've we just had a battle. I mean, listen to any of our previous episodes. We've had a battle with this film as the best film of the year with all that buzz. Now, director, that's a big miss, Aaron Sorkin. And we thought, you thought sound, we'll get into it, but there were some big snubs, production design, Chicago beef, <laughs> you know, being uh, uh, graded over by the, the sets there and all that. I don't know if Italian I'm happier with, uh, yeah, with all the Italian beef stores. <laughs> In our minds, this downtown Chicago is just lines of beef and liquor stores. Beef, um, pizza, sausage, <laughs> Gotta, I think we might have to get out more. It's been a long quarantine. You're right. Um, What'd you it, say, Wilson? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The trial of Chicago 7. I thought it was 10 nominations. Easy. Who, well, who do you think is... Do you think Judas and the Black Messiah is happier, or do you think trial of Chicago 7 is more disappointed? Oh, I think Judas and the Black Messiah is happier. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that uh, Netflix counted chickens necessarily okay. with this season. I mean, they still did phenomenal. It's a stupendous sure, sure. day for I'm Netflix. not so yeah, I don't mean I don't mean I mean people directly associated with the film. Is that you know, do, do you think they were expecting more than the six noms trial of Chicago seven got? I bet you their grizzled industry pros were okay. like six noms is a beautiful day and they were low balling okay. it. And Probably I think right. the pun yeah, true. I think it's pundits who who talked about it as as overperforming, and you and I, who feared it would overperform. Yeah. So this is a happy day. Like we we support where it got nominated for yes. the most part, and again, we're much happier than we thought we'd be today. Absolutely. Well, we're not thrilled with Ma Rainey's lack of major composition nods, though. I mean, we thought George C. Wolfe did a great job as the director, adapted screenplay Ruben Santiago Hudson, and then Best Picture. It did miss, but, you know, credit to Scott Feinberg. He was all over this lack of momentum for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom in terms of his prognostication, Mike. And, yeah, only five noms, but some important ones where it could contend to win, of course, with Chadwick Boseman and then the crafts with costumes, makeup, and hair and production design. Yeah, it could walk away with three wins on the night mm -hmm. uh, and not be, one of those being the leading performance and not have a Best Picture nomination to back it up. A little bizarre. Uh, if I'm being honest, this is the most upset I am about any of the big noms, and it's just because I was so fond of this. I'm one of the top three movies of the year, I think, for me. That story hits you hard, but it, it really worked on us for sure when we reviewed it. Promising Young Woman. I think the uh, the pundits were all over the place on this film. Promising Young Woman gets five noms, five important noms in the, in the big categories, Mike. Picture director, actress, screenplay, editing. It missed in the text. It missed down the card, which you, we're going to talk about, I'm sure, for its best picture. Chances, costumes, makeup, and hair were probably the next best shots it had. Editing has got to be a thrill for it to get in terms of its best picture chances. I will—I don't have the name in front of me, whoever the lead set designer was. If that movie is not a production design nominee, I don't think any movie is. That movie was gorgeous in its backgrounds. Gorgeous coffee shop, too. I want to go yeah. to that coffee shop. I know it's i know it's a satire. I know it's—I <laughs> I get it. But, it, yeah, it's still like, I, I, you know, I'm in for that coffee shop. News of the World, Mike. Four nominations, and this was, you know— Last March, when we did our way too early, 100% accurate predictions, I got to change that title. News of the World was my pick for best picture. Now, well, you know, you know, the title is a farce, right? You know, that's the point of it. You understand. That's why we picked it. I take this very seriously. <laughs> 
No, I, look, I, I think it, it performed how we thought it would. We we were hoping it wouldn't get into the composition categories, even though that's a crowd pleaser of a movie. I think uh, production design, cinematography, score, sound, that's proper. Yeah, nothing, you know, it's a technical movie, right? That's where it seemed like it was lining up. Nothing too shocking, I don't think. You know, I, mean, I was maybe... rooting for Hen- Helena Zengel, excuse me. But, sure, yeah. sure, I could see that. But I don't, I mean, look, the Academy doesn't nominate Tom Hanks unless he's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tom Hanks is hopefully not going back down that road again. Stuff. But I, nobody thought he was going to get in here, really. No, I mean, no. he was top tens, not a lot of top fives. All right. One Night Miami, Mike. That was the underperformance of the day. We wondered if people were taking it for granted throughout the award season because it was getting five or six noms at a lot of the precursors, and then it wasn't winning, and then it had a bad day at BAFTA. So supporting actor, adapted screenplay, original song, and that's it. And I have a long list of snubs for one night in Miami. Yeah, no picture, which was uh, the kind of risky best picture snub that I had in my predictions that comes to fruition. And the reason I predicted it is because of how the DGAs actually treated Regina King. And she was snubbed from the DGAs. I had her in my prediction for uh, director. She doesn't show up in the director category today for the Oscars. I think if you're going to look, I mean, look at the lack of support in the Directors Guild. Look at the lack of support in the Acting Guild, too. I know Leslie Odom Jr. made it there, but when One Night in Miami came out, everybody was talking about, well, this whole cast is going to be in the supporting category. Or which which one of those guys is going to go lead just to break them up and have it? And only one of them gets there at the, when it comes to time for the Oscar noms. I think that tells the story, whether that's fair or not, is a different conversation. I wonder if they're regretting that, but we're going to get into that in supporting actor. I think that's a conversation worth having. That was a wild category all year long, Michael. Mm-hmm. But okay, Soul gets three. We wanted more for Soul. Soul's absolute day in heaven was seven, even though it was probably more like six. But Soul does get animated feature, score, and sound. $100 to the first person who can convince me that this shouldn't have been a nomination for original screenplay this year. No, it's it, it, it's upsetting, but we get it. And definitely with the reading the precursors when it did not get PGA and it's not eligible for WGA. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, We knew it wasn't happening, yeah, but that doesn't mean based on merit it shouldn't have. No, you're right. But I, I kind of talked myself out of it before today, so I'm just glad yeah. to see it kind of hold serve. Yeah, it's not Yeah, not a crushing. Not a cr- I mean, look, three is better than I thought it was going to do, honestly. I thought two, so I mean, I'm happy with it. But still, a, it should have been six or seven, like you said. They made probably a clean billion for Disney Plus <laughs> with that Christmas thing they did. Yeah, they're not crying, I don't think. They're fine. All right, eight dual nominees, Mike. Another round, Borat 2, Collective, Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Mulan, Pinocchio, and Tenant. Which of those surprised you most in terms of the dual two-time nominees Mulan yeah I I mean honestly I I expected costumes I predicted it VFX I I did not expect that at all and you could say the the inverse for Pinocchio Pinocchio I didn't hear anyone talking about the costumes in Pinocchio right and makeup and and hair we had it yes we had it there for makeup and hair we thought those were both one nominee movies but there you go you have to be happy Tenant is I mean it's making a play to be an Oscar winning movie VFX, it's strong production design. There's a building that they blow up and then they rewind. <laughs> oh, did it they? You, blow, I thought you mentioned that once or twice. Yeah, yeah. once or twice. I think yeah. it's uh, important <laughs> for this year of cinema that we just went through. And 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 cinematography to me was it was it was another category where I would have been all over Tenant, but. You know, sound, a lot of people just hated the sound in Tenet. It just didn't work for them. So I'm not surprised by that. But I, I did expect three for Tenet today. Anyway, we have 20 films that had one nomination apiece. I do want to talk about the first couple here, Mike, for certain. 
The Five Bloods, Pieces of a Woman, the United States versus Billie Holiday. What went wrong for these three? Because I did think they had more contending um, campaigns, more contending uh, facets to, to their production values, certainly actors in their ensembles that could have showed up today. This award season, mm-hmm. well, I was going to say this award season is going to go down in history for lead actress, but it's going to go down in history for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, but I think one of the things it's going to be remembered for in terms of the acting categories is uh, Delroy Lindo. Yeah. I don't even know if you can call it a snub at this point because it was kind of expected. I had him in my prediction just because I thought maybe the acting branch. You did it but again. There was, yeah, I did. No, because you've done it three years in a row. Tony right. Collette, right. Lupita Nyong'o, Delroy <laughs> yes. Lindo. I learned my lesson this year, and I mentioned, yes. I, I told you last episode. I mean, I'm not yes. going to say I told you so on too many things, but this is one of those things where I was like, they're just not going for this performance, and I hate him for it. I, I want Delroy Lindo in here. Yeah, we've yeah, you're absolutely him right. for eight months, and we've been wanting him for eight months. But, but it's, it's just so, I mean... The Five Bloods deserves. We we weren't crazy about the Five Bloods, but it's so many big names attached to it. Mm-hmm. There was so much momentum for Bozeman too. There was so much momentum for Spike Lee at different points. Delroy Lindo still has momentum for an astronaut, yeah. even though the nominations hashtag, are out. Yeah, it's a movie that deserves more than one nom, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I, I thought the cinematography was good as anything. I thought the editing was phenomenal. I thought Chadwick Boseman was was going to get that tribute second nomination. So today, yeah, I was wrong. Same. But yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the screenplay branch, you know, that after you know our original screenplay didn't go for it a little more. Yeah, I, I'm a little surprised by the Five Bloods having this bad of a day. I'm glad to see original score and Blanchard getting in. Uh, even though I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it, but you know, it, it was a, it was an Same. audacious yep. score. It was this throwback score mm-hmm. that a lot of people loved. So that was a big surprise for Five Bloods today. But it's hard to pull a lot of silver linings there because that that was a rough one. We knew it was just going to be curvy and not Ellen Bernstein. We're sad about that, dismayed about that because she was great. But uh, yeah, so so those three. Bit of an underperformance, Michael. The White Tiger gets adapted. The Life Ahead original song, Eurovision Song Contest got in. Greyhound. You have to be happy about that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Greyhound, Love and Monsters, Midnight Sky, One and Only, Ivan. Those are the other features outside of the animated, the doc, and the uh, international film categories that showed up here. Any any shockers? Uh, I don't know about shockers, but for historical, I, I would wonder how many leading performance categories historically throughout Oscars history have had multiple nominees that were the lone representatives from their movie because the lead actress category has two this year. And I don't think that's, I mean, it's very tough to be the lone nominee from your movie, especially if you don't end up winning the category. Right. No, as one of these, obviously there's definitely going to be some hiccups and not asterisks, but uh, we'll have a lot of first time things or a lot of this, this year we'll, be talked away down the line, right? Well, mm-hmm. this strange thing happened in 2020, but that was because it was the pandemic year. I'm, I can. Where do you the think the lead right? actress, uh, the lead actress that I just said ranks in terms of oddities when you're talking about the year of 20? Does it rank above the coronavirus? It's uh, it's probably <laughs> above the coronavirus. Yeah, right. two first-time yeah. nominees. I would agree. I would agree with right. you. I'm glad. I Maybe a one and one a type situation. Yeah, one and one a. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, I think that's a shocking, shocking development. <laughs> Uh, that nobody could have predicted. No, I think uh, we definitely predicted it. But all right. So we have some fun categories here, Mike. And Best Picture 
did not turn out exactly like either of us thought. We will get into kind of our tallies and how we pick things. We'll be honest with you guys at the end of it. I won slightly over you, Mike, but it was a good race. I'm glad us. you kept track of that. I did. I did. I, I thought I won and I kept track of it and I would have deleted it. All Christ almighty. What is that even? So you had more, right? Is that what winning is in this? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's winning. Right. I'm competitive. We've All established right. this. I, the cat's out of the bag. I'm a competitive SOB. And remember yeah, when I, I predicted, I uh, remember when I predicted Rosamund Pike at the Golden Globes? That was fun for her whole family. Yeah. You did pick uh, one thing right at the Golden Globes. <laughs> I get one thing right and I just hold on dearly to that. No, I thought we did well today. I'm proud of the both of us. I, I, I'm of proud of the like, Academy, Mike. I'm proud yeah. of the Academy today. Yeah. It's I cool. really am. So, you had The Father, you had Judas and the Black Messiah in Best Picture, Mike. They both show up early, along with five of our big six, because Ma Rainey does not show up. So Nomadland, Make Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. So it was eight, as I predicted. I thought it would be a strange year where the votes would not necessarily tally up to get nine or ten in here. So we did get eight, but you're all over The Father and Judas. Yeah, and Ma Rainey's is, is a bigger snub than I think, uh, at least for us, than than uh, we're, we've given it credit for so far. I if I had to pick one of my nine, I had nine going in because right. I had the father excluded, and then when I realized what I was giving the father, which were the five other nominations that the Academy ended up giving it today, I said, well, then if it has those five, it's going to be a Best Picture nom. If it has strength from all those branches, it's going to end up with enough votes for Best Picture. That's why I put it in as my ninth. If I had to take one of my original eight out, it wouldn't have been Ma Rainey. It probably honest to God would have been promising young woman or Mank somehow, even though I had Mank getting 12 noms overall. So Ma Rainey's being a snub is really quite surprising to me. One night in Miami I had out. I'm not all that surprised by its snub. I may be more surprised just how few nominations it's carrying, but I didn't expect it here for best picture. You did Mike. I wanted it here. I was trying to will it here Mm -hmm. and I was a, a, a little afraid because it, it definitely seemed to lose some precursor momentum with the BAFTAs. I didn't know how to read the BAFTAs necessarily. and Nobody BAFTA, does. Not even the BAFTAs do. The BAFTA Independent Spirit Awards, uh, they, were, they were strange. Even though Rox is excellent, by the way. Rox is an awesome film. B plus I saw all you day. tweet that. Yeah. Tweeted about it. Uh, really excited to watch Calm With Horses next. We are going to live stream YouTube not uh, on that. You and me, dead. Mike. Live stream Calm movie. with Horses. Uh, it's going to happen directly after this recording. No, I'm kidding. We should have to do that while on horseback. <laughs> Again, this is not a slight to that movie. We haven't seen it. We're breaking each other's chops because of a long... I have a lot grudge. of grudges that I've made up. And if you're listening to us for the first time today, I have a lot of grudges that I've made up over the course of this podcast. <laughs> One was Alan Kim, who's an adorable eight-year-old actor. <laughs> One is just horse movies in general. I have a lot of made-up grudges. Why They're not real. That again. Except for the horse movie one. He's the most adorable human being alive on this planet. But no, it's not even a horse movie, Calm With Horses. It's a crime movie, but we're going to have to watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's under another name, The Shadow of Violence. So again, the BAFTAs... I look forward to hearing your review of it. Well, the, BAF- <laughs> the BAFTAs did some cool stuff, and here's the Academy doing some cool stuff, but it, it's it's not without its pain, and it pains the both of us because we were very high on Ma Rainey and One Night in Miami that they're not here. But he, look at this eight, though, and without spoiling anything, we have some movies with plot lines, Michael, that are tragedies. We, we have more this year, I would say, than in previous Oscar years, with previous Oscar grabby films. And I heard a lot of people talking about this year's slate. Well, this is just the Oscar grabbiest slate ever. And I disagree because to what? me it's like, 
Yeah, th- this is not an Oscar. This is like the indie Oscar slate. Tell this me, the- tell me what part of the production of Sound of Metal thought they were in an Oscar conversation? <laughs> During the productions, yeah, no way. Uh, maybe the father, Sony Pictures Classics, they know what they're doing. Judas and the Black Messiah, never they absolutely not. Thought. Absolutely, I mean not. they were they were making an important movie. Shaka King said a bunch of times, "It's like I'm, they're not giving me anything. Give me a break." So this is this is exciting. This is a different co- kind of movie. Uh, getting nominated over and over again. We usually see maybe one badass pick. Trial of the Chicago 7, I would say, is the most like that, and that's why we were so, I mean, part of the reason why, at least, we were so adamant that it shouldn't be in consideration. I mean, but no, absolutely not. Is this an Oscar grabby? I I have, I mean, maybe you can make the case for Minari. Nomadland is not, it's such an atypical leading movie for Best Picture. It's so niche and so small. I, 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 I take I quarrel with that assumption. Yeah, I disagree with it as well. And I think News of the World would have showed up here. Yes, this was a quote unquote old Academy kind of films. But look, in terms of other snubs that are, I mean, we're going to get into all our snubs as the year goes along and kind of confirm what we loved with the Mike, Mike and Oscars, etc. All the stuff we do at the end of the year here, even though, again, it's the spring of the following year. But I Michael, can't wait until to be done with the Oscars and then have the 2021 <laughs> be halfway over. <laughs> right, because we got a couple more year-end festivities to do. Yeah, but Michael Borat's subsequent movie film not in the best picture. Five uh, eight, we had uh, Soul, Palm Springs, to Five Bloods, and again News of the World. Those were kind of the fringe snubs. Any, any, I mean, none of these surprise you really because you didn't pick them, and and neither did I. So. What, what do you think of those snubs? Uh, again, the only one I think is a true snub is Ma Rainey. I think Ma Rainey had the best, the best yeah. case. Uh, Miami, I, I, I'm more upset about Seoul. I'd be upset about Borat 2 if it got in. I was worried about Borat 2. Borat 2 getting two nominations I think is still a lot for that movie. Um, but otherwise, I think this is pretty much what we expected. There would look like there was a film of maybe 10 film, a field of, I should say, of maybe 10 films, mm-hmm. and we knew there weren't going to be 10, and that's kind of what we got. Right. And look, Soul was our favorite movie of the year. We're on the record there. Right. Uh, that That's no surprise to anybody. Palm Springs is the movie I've done the biggest 180 on, maybe ever. Like, I despised it, nitpicked it. <laughs> we were in the beginning of quarantine. The volleyball was starting to, you know, move around like it was in uh, Hereditary. Uh-huh. Hereditary in, in the that's corner a good, of my That's a good room. comparison. Yeah, but Palm Springs, I was, I was not into it, and I've rewatched it a half a dozen times. So if you stop listening to us, <laughs> because I was mad at Palm Springs, springs in the in the spring come back look at i've come back around i love that movie now it's gonna be in my top 10 mike love it all right wow. so best picture a surprising eight but uh a, a cool eight a badass eight i would say this year very very surprising in fact that we we had comments like that to, to say about best picture michael best director and we thought this was going to be a fairly predictable category no yeah. We have Thomas Vinterberg, who I did say on Chasing the Gold and In Session Film, I would not rule him out. I think he you know, I made a lot of caveats. Did I have the uh did I have the wherewithal to pick him today? Of course not. I just say everything to cover my ass. Michael. I think but you've Thomas mentioned Vinterberg, every name so you can say I said that. Well, I knew he had the narrative. I knew it was going to be irresistible to the Academy and Paul Paul Kalikowski um, that is not the way to say his name. Powell Palakowski, Mike, was here uh, a couple years ago, and here it is. Thomas Vinterberg 
with just two nominations for another round, but a cool movie getting nominated in this huge category. There's some type of correlation between director and international feature. I think that's obvious. I mean, there's got to be some kind of communication between those branches. I don't know exactly what goes on, but yeah, the Powell Pawlikowski thing is the first thing I thought of when I saw Vinterberg. I almost picked, I told you this, I, I didn't, Vinterberg wasn't really on my mind, but because the international feature branch has been so strong across other categories recently. I almost picked Mads Mikkelsen to make my lead acting category, so I'm excited to see that trend continue where we have multiple international features, collective as well, picking up multiple nominations and kind of branching out from just beyond the international feature category. It's fun, and it was a strength on the year, the international features for sure. Uh, Lee Isaac Chung we from Minari, David Fincher from May, Chloe Zha, from Nomadland, Emerald Fennell from Promising Young Woman were the other four nominees along with Thomas Vinterberg there in Best Director. So Aaron Sork and Regina King, the two biggest snubs in terms of the punditry, in terms of the in terms of the resumes, Spike Lee, Martyr, Zeller, King, Greengrass, Nolan, Reichert, Wolf, they were, according to a lot of the punditry, the rest of the snubbed. So this was a little surprising because we didn't get three women. We wanted three women in the category. I don't necessarily, I don't think we were going to get three women after the DGA. And that's not to say anything against them, but it's a little sad that, you know, you and I both think women made more good films this year than, than the men. And uh, just, just two with Chloe Jot and Emerald Fennell. Are you aggravated by that at all? Less so because this category is, over such a boys club and this is history well no it's over i mean i mean chloe zhao is winning this category yeah she's winning and it's it's uh you know she deserves to win it and she is going to hold the flag for females all throughout the industry because she may win everything that she's nominated for on the night and we talked about in the last episode that's going to be its own sort of history but she personally nomadland has six noms she's personally responsible for four of those so if she walks yeah, away with four yeah. Oscars, I mean, that's that's something that one other person ever has done, period, in film history. Well, I got on the soapbox and the soapbox. No, you should. I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, we, you know, no, we, yeah. you're absolutely right. We try to spotlight all the time, especially in the director category, how badly equal representation in terms of gender equality is needed. And we, we I mean, nobody do does. It's us included. Right. Absolutely not. We don't do it enough. But gender representation and, and racial representation and equality in both those fields, specifically in terms of directors, is badly needed. So, yes, absolutely. We're upset by the fact that there weren't three women. We thought that could have been its kind of history. I'm just less so i mean because chloe Zhao is such a runaway in this i think that is where the focus should be more so and that's the big story okay so lead actor michael we have riz ahmed from sound of metal chadwick boseman ma rainey's black bottom anthony hopkins from the father he is so good in that good god gary oldman from mank steven yun making history for minari I should have picked him. I'm upset I didn't pick him. I had him and Oldman and yeah. uh, and and Delroy Lindo as that last spot, and I went with Lindo. But yeah, great congratulations for Steven Yeun. Congratulations for Minari overall. Another category that seems to be, and rightfully so, sewn up, right? You would hope so with Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Like I said, Anthony Hopkins is damn good. Riz Ahmed took care of the uh, Critics Associations in many ways. Uh, Gary Oldman... You know, we've said a, a superlatives about him. I don't think he'll win because he won a couple of years ago, but I thought that was his best performance of his career. And then Stephen Yun is making history. But, no, I don't see anybody rivaling Chadwick at this moment. They shouldn't. That should be his category for a myriad of reasons. And, 
Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's even, if, if it's tier one, it should go to him at this point. Maybe that's a controversial statement because at the end of the day, it's it, it's a top t- it's a top level performance, and we just can't pay tribute to him beyond this point at the Oscars. So I would I would totally understand the Academy given that Oscar to him, even if some people think it's a smidge lower, or even if it's you know it's, this is the chance. This is the that's, chance. I mean, and I I Chadwick. argue with that anyway. I mean that that's a performance. Chadwick's performance in Ma Rainey's is a lead acting Oscar worthy performance. I think in any year. Totally. Oh, it's better than the last three, yeah. right? I mean, I, look at I fully would rank him higher than the last three. So yeah. what am I even talking about? Yeah. And again, I just you know I hear the arguments out there because it's such a loaded category. Yeah, trying year. to play doubles. Anthony Hopkins. I get it. Well, that's the thing. Anthony, I mean, the other nominees are given top-level performances. And so uh, the, the, usually we're harsh on these categories. This is not one of those categories. This category is loaded. It's, 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 it's as good as any other year, and we're excited about both lead categories, in fact. But we talked about Delroy Lindo. We talked about that snub. It was, it was sad. Tahar Rahim, Sasha Baron Cohen, not really thought of. He was going to get. I mean, he, he did well at the Globes. Ben Affleck, Mads Mikkelsen. What would Adash Ben Karav. Affleck been nominated for? <laughs> the, the movie from uh, from this year, Michael. The Way Back. It was uh, uh, in March. Of, the Way of Back this debuted in the fall of '92, and I won't be told any different. <laughs> it plays like one of those movies too. It's just a. It's just a sports movie that I don't get necessarily. It's the. Yeah, guys. You, Sidney you guys Lumet know was circling it in the late seventies. Sidney Lumet was yeah. circling the way back. Yeah, no, he was. Uh, I think it. You know, they've named multiple movies the way back since <laughs> that have that have actually come out since one with uh, Mr. Sheen, Martin Sheen. Uh, there's a couple since then. Anyway, yeah, a common title that they plagiarized uh-huh. from the way back. Yeah, 1993. Sidney Lumet. Right. Exactly. Uh, turned it down. No, this is this is a, a Castle ass. Rock pr- picture, I think. Yeah. What a callback to these inside <laughs> jokes that probably were never funny to anybody beyond you and me. Good, good. And here we are. Uh, all right. So, lead actor, we we kind of boiled this one down to six or seven. This at the end fe- of the day. look. I mean, yeah, we we said six or seven, I think, but hindsight is what it is. But if you look at these five, this feels like what the field should be. Yeah, I still think John David Washington should have been here. And Lakeith Stanfield got snubbed from this category, Michael. Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. I can't believe he's not here. Oh, wait. The, the pundits were telling us he was Yeah, are we all dumb? Eligible. Yeah, I mean, we're dumb, apparently. All of us. Anyway, is, we're going to get to it. Is 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 WB dumb? Why were they running them both as supporting? They, they pulled a fast one on most of the punditry. It's not like... I don't know. Maybe some of the punditry had it right. I didn't, you know, scour the internet. I didn't see anybody that had Lakeith Stanfield as a supporting actor. The people I relied on. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, because we worship them and we're yes. You know, listen. If they task us with doing something like uh, Tanya, you know, I don't know. Again, we, I don't want to mention. I don't want to finish that sentence. Jesus but uh, listen, Christ. we are called followers of yes. several Oscar pundits. Well, it's, not, it's a lot of people, though. I saw in a, in a lot of rankings. I did not see. I didn't see anybody that had Lakeith Stanfield supporting, so that's a storyline we'll talk about when we get to the category, I guess. All right, so lead actor plays out with, uh, you know, definitely some major performances. Uh, it should be a sewn-up race, though, but we'll, we'll get into another category that we love, Michael, that we actually have no idea who's winning right now, and that's lead actress. We are both 5 for 5 in predicting this. To be fair, a lot of people were, but Viola Davis, Maureen's Black Bottom, Andre Day, the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan of Promising Young Woman are 
the five lead actors. Yeah, the reason we were five for five and so many people were is for the reason that we had in our predictions episode because we don't know who that sixth would have been to challenge for the slot. It got Amy, spread out. It's yeah, Amy field. Adams had yeah. the sags and Daya had a moment. Michelle Pfeiffer had a couple precursors, but we don't think anybody really saw the French exit, even though we are both incredibly high on her and we'll both probably have her in our, in our personal top fives. But, you know, Sidney Flanagan never really sometimes always great movie. Again, probably little seen, and we saw some people from the Academy outwardly express vitriol for that movie. Uh, Gross, yeah. but whatever. Uh, Sophia Loren, you know, she had her support, but if she was going to show up in this category, she probably would have at the BAFTAs or the SAGs or somewhere. That We didn't know where that fifth, or that, I'm sorry, that sixth contender was coming from, so this five kind of by default almost had to be the field, which is a weird way to put it because these are five great performances. I mean, this is an all-timer for Best Actress. All-timer, and not uh, something we expected in this strange year. But, yeah, we've had we've had strange things happening in the last few weeks. Even I mean, going for debut performances from Rada Blank at the BAFTAs. Uh, we saw a lot of Yeri Han as a Marina Di, Di Tavira pick, kind of pick. Roma, a la, you know, a la Minari this year. Kate Winslet never really left people's top mm-hmm. 15s from Ammonite. Julia Garner was the should have been a contender pick there from mr feinberg and meryl streep times two this year and, that, and that's just some of the names like we carrie coon there's a bunch of huge mm-hmm. names that we want to talk about and lead actress down the line with that category pod in particular but these five is the consensus five and i do think this category kind of vetted itself it kind of duked it out because none of six through 12 or whatever right. none of those contenders mike stacked up any kind of resume or enough momentum to tackle the, the, the rest, because Andre Day was the late breaker, but she won at the Globes. Right. It was a huge moment. And then everybody watched the movie, and they're like, okay, obviously, it's incredible. And good and, for Andre Day for not making that type of history and being only the right. second woman ever to win lead actress drama at the Globes and miss out on Oscars nominating. I mean, she deserves to be here. She totally deserves to be here. That's an incredible performance. I shouldn't have said, the movie's strong, strong and very... In, in, in certain points, like I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's it's a middling grade from a lot of critics, the United States versus Billie Holiday. But yeah, I mean, Pieces of a Woman, that was a, a year favorite for you and I. It was a big review for us. We did very well in terms of the listens with that one. Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, I, I don't know who you pick right now. I think these are f- this is one of the most wide open races in lead actress in a long damn time. Going to be fun to analyze for sure. All right, supporting actor, we did not do as well here because we had <laughs> Chadwick Boseman from Defy Bloods kind of still getting in, and you had Franklin Jella. Well, I actually, no, again, you know, I didn't mean to set you up so terribly, but I did fairly well here. I got four out of five. So well, aren't that the, nice uh, for you? Little pat on the back there. <laughs> Another chance. All right, Sasha Baron Cohen, Michael. Uh, the Trial of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, Paul Racy, Sound of Metal, Critical Favorite getting in, and oh my God, Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah getting two nominations in Supporting Actor. So I should get credit for the Lakeith ending up nominated because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't predict him because I thought he was in the lead you category, but when I you first saw, him. part of the reason I love Judas and the Black Messiah is yeah. because of Lakeith Stanfield's act. I mean... That guy delivers more lines of dialogue with his eyes than most actors do in their... I'm thrilled for him that he's nominated. What a proper nomination. My only fear, obviously, is that it's in the same category as his co-star, Daniel Kaluuya, who has been cleaning up in this category. I I mean, is that... 
Obviously, you think of cannibalization of the vote. Are they going to split votes there? I hope not. I still think Kaluuya should win this category, but I'm thrilled Lakeith Stanfield got nominated, just as I'm sure you are for as Paul Racy, who, along with Alan Kim, I truly think was one of the whitest, hottest Definitely. names in terms of possible nominations going into today. Well, I think a lot of pundits thought that someone different was going to get nominated because the field kind of vetoed precursor nominees like Jared Leto, like Bill Murray, unfortunately. I don't think that was on top of the screener pile on the rocks. I I think uh, Chadwick Boseman got vetoed for obviously very different reasons in the sense that, all right, he's winning lead actor. We don't need to double nominate him there because it's a very small performance in The Five Bloods, even though it's a very good one, especially against the competition of this year. But yeah, Paul Racy, to me, stood out. And I figured people were going to watch Sound of Metal in that screener pile. So, yeah, I may, you know, I got four out of five, and I'm doing, like, a, the, the dance in the end zone here, and there's a penalty flag on the field that I didn't give. You know, <laughs> embarrassing myself. But, I do, I, you know, you're right. Lakeith Stanfield, someone you touted, and uh, Paul Racy was someone I touted. So we got what we wanted in this category in terms of the end of the nomination five, and we still have one of our favorite actors since the history – of MMO with Get Out's Daniel Kaluuya most likely winning it. And even if he didn't win it, Mike, we love the two guys that just got in. Sasha Baron Cohen is probably our least favorite in the category, but he's also a favorite actor. And Leslie Odom Jr. Who doesn't love Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami? This turned out to be one of the most fun categories going. Yeah, even if Sasha Baron... I mean, I know I'm not crazy about the movie and it's got its problems, but if Sasha Baron Cohen is an Oscar winner, I'm not going to be upset about that. I'm just not. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I I just think you can't go wrong now with this category. I I think Daniel Kaluuya should win it, but... I kind of feel the same. And the reason I picked Frank Langella, even though it wasn't out of left field pick, is it was a criticism of the Academy. I didn't think they were capable at this point of doing the type of thing like making Judas and the Black Messiah properly nominated, as I feel. I know it's subjective, but as I feel it should be. Getting Lakeith Stanfield in for that type of performance. I actually predicted Dominic Fishback in a hope and a prayer. Uh, so, I, you know, I fall short on Fishback, but I'm thrilled for Lakeith to be here. So maybe this changing Academy is actually starting yeah. to take shape. Is it category fraud? Yeah, but you can make that category fraud argument for everybody except Racy in this particular year, I would say. I mean, maybe the screen time doesn't play out that way. Sasha Barrett Cohen is not necessarily in every minute of The Trial of Chicago 7, but he's a main character who gets some climax mm-hmm. scenes. Leslie Odom Jr., of course, is a main character. And then the two main characters from Judas and the Black Messiah. But we've seen this every year, Mike. Once upon a time in Hollywood, Brad Pitt, he probably beats everybody in mm-hmm. this category in last year's screen time. And then go back to Three Billboards, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's in the whole third act of that movie, yeah. and he's in a, most of the the other two as well. So this is this is a category that typically goes with the fraud, category quote unquote fraud performances. And okay, we we get it now. It's that next category, and that let's give somebody cool an Oscar this year. Yeah, I'm I'm done with that. I, I I kind of agree with you. I don't think you can pick wrong here, or at least you know not for MMO's sake. We won't we won't be well, upset. We now have a category where we have no idea who's going to win, and we have no idea if we like it because a lot of the people we thought would get in did get in. couple surprises that the field went back there, but here we go. Maria Bakalova, supporting actress, she just won the choice. Is she a front runner? Who the hell knows? I just can't. I just really don't. I mean, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, all right. Can, 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 we turn, can we turn and be classy for a moment and just be happy? Our Connecticutian queen, Glenn Close. Is nominated for another Oscar? Mike, just, I would, can we just be happy? I would brace yourself. You think she's going to win? I would not be surprised. For Mima, for the good Terminator. I would not yells, be surprised. 
I'm not yeah. hoping for it because, I mean, look, our grudge with that is that we're not high on the movie. We don't. We want Glenn Close to win an Oscar for a performance right. we think is great. And we do not think that anything about that movie is great. That's just our opinion of it as film critics. But I look, I they're not going to pick Olivia Coleman over her. I think if it's not Bakalova, I I would prepare yourself. SAG is going to be telling because mm. does SAG, you know, honor Bakalova? Very telling. Yeah, yeah. And Seafried's not there at SAG. Yu Jun Yoon is there. We got an email but- from someone uh, asking us if we can pronounce it Amanda Seyfried because that's how she pronounce- pronounces it, and we've been saying Seyfried too long. So I would, uh, we uh, that's just thank you for correcting us, but I guess Seyfried is the thank you wrong pronunciation. And, and Mike, thank you for correcting me before we recorded here. You uh, so- have been making fun of beating me on these picks, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> Five supporting actresses. Who the hell knows? The the father was a much better movie than I than uh, or much better performances than I expected, especially from Olivia Coleman after the Baptist Mike. When I saw that and I saw her fall off, I did not expect the powerhouse performance that we got from her there. So I'm not so sure. On the merits of the performance, Olivia Coleman is going off in the father. I thought so. You never know. I thought Amanda Seyfried's giving a cool side performance. Side freak. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> It's going to take several more reps, but how does this Screen Actors Guild, how does this Academy view the Maria Bakalova performance? She's part, I hate to even say it, but she's part lion tamer in that quintessential scene that made national news. I mean, I don't know how they view the category and how they view the improvisational comedy masterpiece master class that Maria Bakalova gave. It's a fascinating category for a couple reasons. One of those is like you just talked about. What exactly is the Bakalova performance? Where does it get credit? Another one is, I don't think people realize just how deep this category was this year. If you look at the snubs, I mean, Mm. these are all worthy nominations to me. We could have a whole category full of snubs that I think should be here. Jodie Foster from the Mauritanian, Dominique Fishback, who I did pick, Elena Zangle, News of the World, Ellen Burstyn, I, she never got any traction, but we both loved her. Olivia Cook, Saoirse Ronan, Talia Ryder, just to name a few. So uh, these women that are nominated should feel incredibly proud to be at the head of the class for a category that I really think uh, one of the deeper ones in terms of going one through like 15 in terms sure. of any acting category in the last few years. Yeah, it was a close race and we were seeing some variants in these award shows. So we thought this would have been a, a, a more surprising category throughout. I wonder if they just deviated to the five that got nominated the most kind of at the end of the day. Could be. I, I'm, I'm really surprised that Jodie Foster didn't win people over with that moment and with that performance, because the performance did stack up. It, was, it reminded me of the marriage story performance that won from Laura Dern last year, but it was, it was a good performance. I mean, she's, I mean, she's crying at a, on a you know through a courtroom, tearing up. I, I can never do that unless I'm really crying at an animated <laughs> short, Michael. I just can't you know I can't hide that. That's acting on another level. So we had some big names there from the beginning: Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman. They did show up here. Amanda Seyfried. There you go. She was she was you know throughout the punditry all year. Once once we knew Mank was gonna show up in a big way. So. You know, props to people who kind of pick this category fairly well all year, and we've been skeptics, but, it, you know, again, we, we, we picked it fairly well. Adapted screenplay is next, Michael. All right, so Borat's subsequent movie film and uh, and The White Tiger are the two big surprises here. Neither of us predicted it. You know, I didn't want to do the, oh, I had it in here, and then I took it out 
conversation very often today, Mike. But this is one of those I did do with Borat. I thought Borat had a chance. So you had Borat over the White Tiger. I had Borat in my category, and I took it out. And, of course, I I didn't predict it at the end of the day. Did you ever have the White Tiger in? I had thought about the White Tiger. I had wanted to put the White Tiger, but I just didn't think they would pick something cool like that. So I had picked, like, News of the World. I had picked Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I still thought should have gotten in. I thought it was an excellent screenplay. But, yeah, I had The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami. We expected those three. Correct. But Borat 2 and The White Tiger, uh, big surprises. And if Borat 2 is taking the place of News of the World, I'm not going to be upset about it, uh, even though I wasn't crazy about Borat 2 as a, as a movie as a whole. But again, if Sasha Baron Cohen ends up with an Oscar, I'm not going to be upset. So I, I'm, I'm okay with that. The White Tiger, I have not seen. Uh, reviews yeah, have been kind of polarizing. I mean, I, you, well, you, were, a, you were high on it. It's a, it's a rough central character in the sense that he's doing bad things. Mm-hmm. So that it's cool. It's a very rounded, uh, rounded character story there. So, yeah, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts at the end of the day. We're going to have to do a little catch-up, the both of us, mm-hmm. as we go on here. Oscar race checkpoints are coming, folks. But, yeah, I mean, first Cal, Critical Darling, did not show up here. Mauritanian, a BAFTA the nom. The Life Ahead, nomcast favorite. Midnight Sky just never really hit with really anywhere. Personal History of David Copperfield, great 30 minutes, funny. Then it couldn't swear. I've been, I've said that before. You know when I, I like to take jokes that are mediocre, Mike? <laughs> And I recycle them really fast on our biggest show of the year, just really fast. Anyway, Emma, which I thought was the best adapted screenplay. What are your thoughts on horse movies? Yeah, horse movies, Mike. I think they're better than certain. Anyway, let them go. I'm thinking of ending things. Surely, these are on a lot of punditry lists. This was another deep field where we could have seen more variants even so. But uh, we did we did get two surprises, even though they're at the WGAs, but surprises nonetheless. Yeah, Shirley has kind of been the overlooked movie of the whole year. I don't know what yeah, happened to that. That we was fun. That was very cool high movie. on that. But uh, yeah, not, not a lot of complaints. Ma Rainey, I do feel bad about. I Again, you take that script, take that stage play, and leave it as a stage play, but make it as enjoyable as a movie as it was i don't know how you don't give that credit for the adapted screenplay uh sad to see that miss out original screenplay mike uh judas and the black messiah right off the bat you had it in here that's a big get for judas and original screenplay minari promising young woman sound of metal and the and the trial of the chicago seven those last four we both uh i i had those last four and then you missed one somewhere anyway we both went four out of five yeah, I missed Sound of Metal. I had uh, I had Mank in over Sound of Metal. Mank missing again is the biggest shock of this. It's not undeserved, I don't think. I mean, look, that's clunky, a tough. It's cl- yeah, dialogue, it's yeah. tough. It's a tough screenplay to wrap your head around, especially if you're only watching these movies once. Like I imagine most of the Academy is, if they even get to them once. Judas and the Black Messiah is kind of an Oscars puzzle thing, where it's you know you look at where you have it nominated elsewhere on the card. If it is there in the acting categories, if it is there in the screenplay, if it does get a tech like it did, it deserves to be a Best Picture nominee. Doing better than Promising Young Woman, I think, might surprise a lot of people, but I, am, it's one of the best screenplays of the year, I think. I was won over by Judas and the Black Messiah, Will Burson, Shaka King, etc. I forgot the third guy's name, excuse me. But I do think Judas and the Black Messiah was a very innovative screenplay at the end of the day. Because when you do study it, it does next level things where, like I, we talked about satires before. From being there to even like a Forrest Gump, obviously. But the, where the surroundings change and the, you know, the main characters remain kind of fixtures throughout the film. 
and that works for a comedy which a satire in particular because it's a critique of the society it's an enraged critique of the society well this is an enraged critique of our society michael mm-hmm. and it followed that playbook for a different genre a genre we wouldn't expect to get uh, that kind of screenplay structure, at least ensemble structure to it. Because, yeah, the characters are kind of... They, they don't change that much. They do a little bit. But that's that was the big takeaway for me. Like, this is a unique screen, screenplay, Judas and the Black Messiah. So I give those guys credit. And we got some new, unique screenplays throughout this card. Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, you know, J- Trial of Chicago 7, and Minari. And all, I would say the only one that's a consistent every year kind of thing is Chicago 7. We, yeah. we really got some unique scripts. And this was 10 deep. This was a lot of... Big snubs, too. Yeah, Mank, which we talked about at the top of the show, that got uh, left off, even though it does get Globe, Choice, and BAFTA. It wasn't eligible for the WGA's second year in a row. Uh, Not being eligible for the WGA's has kind of toyed with a favorite in one way or another. We saw what happened last year with Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood not being eligible for the WGA's, what happened on Oscar night to that. Soul, I don't understand how it wasn't a bigger player here. We talked about that already. The Five Bloods missed out, never rarely, sometimes, always. We were both very high on 40-year-old version. You liked a lot. Another round, Palm Springs on the rocks Malcolm and Marie and Tennant are the other possibilities that fall short of nominating here yeah I had some favorites involved and I, I'll probably have a different five at the end of the day if we do go over this and with our we can put up our own fives but I, I, I tell you I mean it, worthy nominees in a cool ass year for original screenplays Mike uh, cinematography though as we'll go a little faster through the, the techs and the crafts here. Judas and the Black Messiah showing up here was another huge nomination in cinematography, Mike. I didn't even know, I didn't even predict that. So yeah, I'm thrilled to see right, that. Right, yeah. It's a well, it's it's really cool because I mean a lot of the frames, a lot of the stills are gorgeous. Yeah. A lot of the camera movement was incredible. So, you know, that's that's a late breaker that really hit hit the uh the the guilds there and and I'm 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 thrilled for that. So, Mank we're going to mention a lot here. News of the World we're going to mention a fair amount. Nomadland, The Trial of the Chicago 7, but we did get some big snubs in cinematography. Yeah, Tenant which was there at the Critics Choice, Hoyt Van Hoytema uh misses out. Minari which was there at the Choice as well. One Night in Miami, Tammy Riker would have been a historic nomination. Unfortunately, yeah. she does fall short. First Cow which was a Choice nom. Truffle Hunters, Mauritanian, Mulan, The Five Bloods, uh, promising young woman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I think I'm thinking of ending things. Midnight Sky, a lot. Uh, Cherry, which was a cinematographer's guild nom. Mauritania right. as a BAFTA's nom. A lot of previously nominated throughout uh, films, kind of falling short here. To have the five we have, I have a tough time accepting why the Trial of Chicago Seven was better shot than some of those names. But otherwise, I'm okay with this category. A couple of the stuff in the a couple of big scenes in the park. Yeah. I would say. Probably, you know, next level uh, with with all the gas. And, yeah, I mean, that's probably where the Chicago 7 made its money there. You know, Mank News of the World, Nomadland, we expected Nomadland is probably still the favorite in the category. So, yeah, the Trial of Chicago 7, Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, yeah, those are are interesting choices. I want a tenant here, but maybe they they struggled with where to give tenant credit, and maybe they just got bored of the backwards fighting, Mike. (laughs) No, what's the backwards fighting in that? There's backwards fighting, and it was long, long <laughs> scenes, like 20-minute scenes, just a backwards fight, after we saw the frontwards fight. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right. Was there anything yeah. with a building in that movie? Building? You, you, you won't believe it. The building blew up. They reversed it, and it blew up again. Gotta see that, Mike. All right. Costumes. 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 We have Emma. Costumes, no surprise there. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mank, again, no surprises yet. Mulan, uh, one of us had it, I forget. Pinocchio was something neither of us had. 
You didn't. I thought you had Mulan as well. I know I had Mulan for costumes, but uh, Mulan. Both of us had it. Yeah. Okay. Mulan, Emma, and Ma Rainey's. I think are traditionally Academy type costumes. I don't think that's all that surprising. Again, I said it on the prediction show. I'll say it again here. I don't quite understand the fascination with Mank. Maybe some of the dresses uh, that guild thought was incredible. I thought there was just a lot of suits. That's probably the same gripe I had with (laughs) Once Upon. uh, uh, I'm sorry, One Night in Miami. Honestly, I just like nice suits. But they're suits. They're suits, but they're 1920 suits, and when you, I guess you add the bow ties. Anyway, I think the dresses, I think this category's always been about dresses. I agree. Here we go. I Again, agree. dresses. But, you know, hey, Mulan and Pinocchio, different kinds of costumes here. Uh, we, we were, you know, again, critical of Mulan when I reviewed it, but I think uh, I think it, it's cool that it does show up here. There's a lot of crafts work at Disney, number one, a huge production. So that that, that is cool that costumes went this way. Ma Rainey, probably the front runner, but you never know. The, you know, the old-timey British period films, Emma, a lot of mm-hmm. stitching, Mike. You yeah. never know there. And the Academy All does right. love that. That's true. Film editing, and again, we had a couple of surprises here. The Father and Promising Young Woman being the two biggest biggest ones nomadland sound of metal trial the chicago seven nomadland we figured close ja would get that opportunity to go for f- what four wins yeah on the night? it could be editing director picture and adapted screenplay all going to chloe Zhao specifically unbelievable which would be tying of walt disney and he did like three shorts in that year or something two shorts or whatever we'll have to go back and look but sound of metal trial the chicago seven they've been winning a little bit and we haven't had a lot of editing awards yet but the father the father makes some sense after seeing it. That's quite the edited jumble, uh, literally, in his brain. POV there really matters, of course, with Anthony Hopkins. So that that's a cool nom. I, I was surprised we didn't see Mank uh, or even A New World or Tenant. Mike Minari had an ace Eddie, One Night Miami. The Five Bloods I thought was terrific, a superlative from that film. Mariney's Black Bottom, music scenes, etc. So the snubs are hard to take a little bit, but another cool five, I think, in editing. And I think Promising Young Woman... Uh gains the most from being nominated in this category without this it would have only had three noms it probably would have only had two because without editing it probably doesn't make the best picture feel but now that it isn't editing you have to think maybe there's a better chance for it to win best picture if if people if the the editing society thought it was that well put together as a film in whole it does have a lead actress that could win its category it has a director that could possibly at least come in second in that category because i don't think anyone's beating chloe zhao Uh, maybe promising a woman's kind of a sleeper pick for best picture right now i always thought it was right i mean i didn't i've been very high on it twice i've been high on it you know i don't think the reading the room i don't think it's there yet it kind of has to rebound yet again because there was a backlash and then there's a backlash to the backlash and all the backlashes haven't necessarily played you know to where it's done consistent in this award season it's done it's been feast or famine in a way for promising young woman at least in terms of how the punditry talks about mm-hmm. promising young woman so that's that's been a polarizing film uh throughout people that love it they'll really love it and yeah. you never know preferential balloting with a lot of you know niche picks this year, let's just be honest. A lot of niche picks, a lot of indie films in this in the best picture category. You never know. A lot to talk about going forward. Makeup and hairstyling, Mike. Again, you know some some surprising picks here. I would say Emma and Pinocchio are the two big ones. But a hillbilly elegy to actually see it come through in makeup and hairstyling. You know, it's kind of we knew it was happening, but fine. I have the same hair hairdo as me, though. <laughs> I, I just haven't gotten a haircut. It literally looks like me right now. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Mank. Pr- 
probably the two front runners. And I only say that because Emma in makeup and hair did not get a BAFTA. So that was that was a shocker to me. That's why I didn't pick Emma. Yeah, but didn't we talk about that too? How like it makes it would make sense for the Academy to pick this because it's such a traditionally Academy type. Yeah, you probably for... talked about it. I didn't listen though. All right, that's fair. Well, that that happens. Yeah. What's your name? That happens uh, quite a bit. I, I am hoping I, I'm hoping Ma Rainey's can bring this one home. And I, that's why I'm surprised Ma Rainey's didn't get. I mean, Ma Rainey's is probably going to win lead actor. It could win right. lead actress. It's going to win at least one tech. I think. I'm surprised that didn't have enough momentum to win a uh, best picture nominee at least out of this but uh if it if it does win here it'll be uh history uh, never before has there been a uh i think it already made history if i'm not i don't have an article in front of me jazz tangway wrote for a variety so i apologize if i'm getting this wrong but i believe it's the first time a, a black woman has been nominated in the makeup and hair category well i mean long overdue christ yeah. but uh yeah it's it, it seems to be a front runner we'll see how it does at the muas right so pinocchio is uh has got a lot of flashy makeup and hair. I mean, they, it looks like a puppet, but it's also a boy, real boy. I still you know? don't believe that movie came out this year. That wasn't a movie that was actually debuted in 2020. I can't believe I have to watch Pinocchio <laughs> now. That's one of my blind spots on the day. Jingle Jangle, I picked that. I was pulling for it. Birds of Prey, One Night in Miami, The Little Things, and The Glorious Mike. The That's the rest of the makeup and hair stuff. Yeah, they didn't the go for the white face paint this time. No Birds of Prey. No Birds of Prey. It's it goes back to it, you got to go back literally to 1989's Jack Nicholson yeah. when they didn't vote for a Batman movie. Unbelievable, right? unbelievable. <laughs> Original score. We thought this was going to be the easy category to pick, and both of us were four out of five because Duff Five Bloods gets in here. Mister Blanchard, Mank Minari, News of the World, and Soul. They've been showing up, or we, we picked them. Uh, we we thought they would be here. Except I picked Tenant as my fifth. You picked The Midnight Sky, Alexander Jesplat and uh, Ludwig Veranson, excuse me, respectively. There, uh, the former winners. We thought they would get in, but here we have the Five Bloods, Mike. Yeah, and you already spoke about this. It's an audacious score. I don't really think it matters because I'm pretty sure Soul's running away with this category. So, I mean, properly so. I just wonder. It's a different. It's new blood, forgive me, but it's a different nom that shows up. And Minari hasn't necessarily gone head-to-head with Soul every step of the way either. So maybe the Soul Mank vote starts to cannibalize. Let's do a good 10 minutes about original score. Well, if, Minari, I mean, is... if Minari is, is a favorite in the Academy and has best picture legs, then sure, I can see that. So I just uh, pause. It just lends me pause, if I can speak. It's getting to getting. I will be infuriated if Soul Soul is one of the best yeah, I... scores of all time. <laughs> I agree. And it's got two two scores, yeah. essentially. So, But you, you, we could see the same guys, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross. Maybe it does cannibalize itself at the one-yard line at the end of the race here, uh, to mix my metaphors, though. Ernest Biner. <laughs> Why did you break go there? <laughs> he fumbled at the one-yard line, ruined the Browns' oh, life. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. No, he did. There you he go. Did. We like... We like a lot of things. We're nerdy about a lot of things. <laughs> Michael, original song, we picked it. We picked the five here. Five for five. Fight for you, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, from Her, Hear My Voice, The Trial of the Chicago 7. From Celeste, Husavik, Eurovision Song Contest. My Marianne and Will Ferrell. Uh, just a guild winner. We're glad to see it. EOC, The Life Ahead. Diane Warren, are they going to give it to her? And then Speak Now, One Night in Miami, performed by Leslie Odom Jr. from, from that film, Michael. We got it. If these, if Oscar voting closed 
this week or if the Grammys happened last week before Oscar voting closed, I think her still might have snuck away with this category and won because she had such a strong... Oh. We're going to talk more about the Grammys, I think, on our next episode, but I... This being what it is, these are the proper five, I think. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't know that there's a runaway favorite right now, and that's why the, it might be Diane Warren's time finally. I, uh, I'm i kind of rooting for it to just get it at this point, <laughs> but the uh, I really enjoy the other four songs. I, I'm not going to lie. I think you know the, the, the Trial of the Chicago 7 song has grown on me, and Fight for You from the beginning I loved. I loved I play Husevic a lot tonight. <laughs> Spotify, it's Not like surprised. an embarrassing amount. That might be a white people thing. Like we just play that song a lot. No, don't root me into that. I am. Not... <laughs> How, you don't? No. Yeah, yeah, ding dong though. Yeah, 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 ding dong. No, no. I li- the no? one I listen to most is the her song from this list. <laughs> Some big snubs though. John Legend from Giving Voice, Janelle Monae, all in the fight for democracy, which had a tough day. You know, Sasha Baron Cohen from Poor At Two there, Mary J. Blige, Belly of the Beast, Minari, Sound of Metal songs we thought might have a chance. Uh Mr. Soul, one and only Ivan, Jingle Jangle. Yeah, it was a really loaded shortlist, we thought, and we thought it could go any which way, and we just kind of went safe with our predictions, I, I thought, when we actually came to it, and the safe play worked. Yeah, I, five for five, you know, we're uh, we're geniuses. We're great. Production design, Michael. Production design, another category where we, uh, you went five for five, so congratulations to you yeah. on production design. Uh, the Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenant. I had Mulan in there, and I did not have the father. So the father's cool because he's going through what he goes through, and they keep changing up the scenery on him. That's so what I, I knew about that aspect of it. I still have not seen the movie yet, but I knew about that aspect of it, and that's why I thought there might be some credence given to that in this category. Uh, Tenant, I'm sorry, is kind of a given. I mean, Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan, if he makes a movie, he gets nominated for production design. That's just how it's been historically. Ma Rainey's, you can understand. Mank. Again, is it production design? Is it set design? Or is it VFX? Well, it missed out on VFX, so they gave it uh, a nomination here for production design. And News of the World, it you know, they built a whole town for that movie, so that makes sense. Yeah, and we both predicted Ma Rainey, even though we kind of vacillated throughout the year. Like, was the first act enough? Was, yeah. Were the exteriors enough to get it there? And it was, you know, and congratulations to, to Ma Rainey on that. Again, surprising that it didn't translate more up the card. But, yeah, Mulan, Emma, and, and you know, Emma, I think they're – doing emma like in the british countryside with actual mansions and sometimes people give that credit like with the set designer you know set designers uh guild there with the favorite right i mean again they're probably just walking into mansions and all of the artwork is already up there but when you take it with a fisheye lens maybe people think it's it's new (laughs) anyway look the midnight sky trial of chicago seven the dig what they dug up in that backyard (laughs) The personal history of David Copperfield, which I thought was cool. That reminded me very much of Wes Anderson. Uh, Wes Anderson, if he did a period piece there in David Copperfield. I, I, I was tempted to pick that throughout. But, yeah, snubs and production design. Strong year for it. It's always one of those foreboding categories, too. It always speaks more about what's going to happen later in the night. I love production design. Uh, sound, Michael. Yeah, Greyhound, a war movie, did come through here. I'm glad I picked it. Uh, News of the World, Soul, Sound of Metal, and I got to backtrack a second for Mank. So we were fairly good at. Oh, I, I got five. You went five for five, for five, five yeah. Holy you went shit. five for five. I went three for five. Uh, I, I actually have squirrel. in my not, in my notes. I have. I wouldn't shock me to see Greyhound sneak in here. So I'm upset that I didn't have that one. Yeah. We, they, again, we got a couple of those 
each Borat 2 screenplay. <laughs> I took it off! You, I blame you. No. All right, listen. Uh, Nomadland. Nomadland. Is, is this an indication yes. of maybe not... You, so you are you reading into this? Are we trying to yes. do anything to take the uh, shine off of the uh, golden image right now for Nomadland in best sound, Michael? Will this tell the tale? I, I well, I think it's a show of strength. I mean, what you know, you watch Nomadland. What about that screams that it was an Oscar-worthy sound design? I don't know that there's necessarily. I mean, there's there's some stuff. You actually certainly hear the roar of the engines. You you get the, right. the all the sound coming back from the Amazon uh, shipping. True. True. Department. I don't know what the right word to call that is. So yeah, there's. But I don't know. I mean, to me, this is. We like Nomadland as a favorite in a lot of major categories. So why not give it here? And that's what we call the Oscars. At least part of what we call the Oscars puzzle theory. Yeah, but it didn't happen for this for this uh, particular event. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's not great for Nomadland if we uh, could stir a little shit up. I mean, it's you know you need that right now. There's I'm looking for reasons. Again, I said in Best Picture. Nomadland feels like it's the number one, right? It feels like it's no, there's a big one and everyone else is chasing it right now. So you need reasons to kind of paint a picture around not picking it. So that's certainly going to be one of them. Trial of the Chicago 7, Ma Rainey, Billy Holiday, Judas, The Prom, Midnight Sky, Tenant, Outpost, Invisible Man. I believe uh, on a lot of punditry lists, some precursors there that I have written down. But yeah, I mean, sound, sound I, th- I think at the end of the day, this one makes sense, this category. Yeah, we're reading into things, but we are a little surprised that uh, Chicago 7 and, and Nomadland aren't here. Uh, yeah, yeah, very, very much. So. Chicago 7 is more understandable considering the way the Academy treated that movie overall. Nomadland surprises right. me. Yeah, no, they could have racked up the points there. All right, VFX, we have Loving Monsters, Michael, which was cool VFX. I mean, there's giant crabs and frogs and it looked fairly (laughs) real they blended it in i recommend that movie it was fun the midnight sky mulan the one and only ivan which looked like real gorillas lion king style and brian cranston hugging them and then tenant they did they blew up a building mike and they they reversed it they blew it up again i just thought it was just terrific why didn't more people talk about that insufferable film critic voice to describe it throughout the i see i see your tallying this is where you started pulling away from me too i think you were four for five here i was uh three for five i did not see love and monsters yet is it worthy it's fun yeah it's fun like again I, if if I recommend a movie to you, this has been happening all all year for folks, and I say it's like really excellent, and then you watch it, and you give me a lot of texts that are angry with me. So yeah, don't you dare use that tone of voice with me. Don't you set me up for another one of these. No, I, I had fun with Love and Monsters. I really did. It was a fun rental. It's it's a you know cheap four dollar five dollar. So yeah, check it out. Vin Diesel will have to wait till next year to be an Oscar winner. No bloodshot. Well, yeah, no bloodshot. Uh, no mank. No welcome to Chechnya. The no mank. The mank is. Friend. I mean, that's inexcusable. <laughs> it's inexcusable that mank didn't make this category. And I'm being dead serious about that. Did they confuse it? Go, they, they had. They must re- go out of your way to look up mank's visual effects. It's they're stunning. That uh, feature at wowed you. Maybe they, they didn't see it, or maybe it just didn't wow them. At the end of the day, black. Uh, well, white, then they can't know. be wowed. They can't be wowed. <laughs> Documentary. 
how did they do it to me again? Well, of course of they course, did. Of course. Yeah, I just like, you know, I'm like the guy <laughs> dancing his way into the lion cage. Just like the, I'm doing the soul dance with the sign, rolling my belly and just right into the lion cage. And uh, of course they're going to do this to me again. Michael, the nominations for documentary feature. Collective, which I picked, you know, six months ago, by the way. I was like, this is a documentary. All right, so I'm going to pat myself on the back for one there. Uh, Crip Camp, the mole agent, which I loved. Uh, Crip Camp, which I thought was one of the best of the year. My Octopus Teacher is the big surprise to me. And then Time. Now, My Octopus Teacher, I know that a lot of pundits who were like vehemently against it, Mike, getting in here. But it really does hurt that Dick Johnson is dead. Welcome to Chechnya, as good as they were. And there's a lot of great movies in this 15. I, really, I like 13 of the 15. Not here. So what did you think? Didn't I tell you Dick Johnson wouldn't be here? Well, did Kiss of Death is it winning more precursors, and it's like this category is just like they get mad at critics. They're like, "You're not going to tell me who to vote for." Crip right? Camp is here, and years. that's more. I mean, Crip Camp is more. We both thought that was the best doc of the year, and the best doc of the last three years has not been made it this far. True, however, I vaulted Dick Johnson over Crip oh, Camp okay. in my most recent. Google document, Michael, okay. and therefore I jinxed so you the hell did. out of Dick Yeah, Johnson. you did. So this I is did your this. Dumb. It's yeah. my fault. I blame myself, <laughs> and I blame myself for predicting it in the last episode. How dare I bet against this category of, of just insulting me at the end of the well, day? Well, at least Dick Johnson knows who to blame now. Look, at, I love my octopus teacher. I love the mole agent. I gave him both Ray reviews. Time was going to be here. We knew that. It was just next level stuff. And time probably wins at the end of the day mm. if, if it's not Crip Camp or Collective or the mole Who the hell knows what they're going to do, Michael, right? I need to make fun know. of you for international feature, speaking of who the hell knows what's going to happen, because all that work you did in international feature and doc feature, I was literally picking names Bro, out of the hat. I went two yeah. for five in each category. You watched everything, and you went three for five everything. in each category. Another round's no surprise, yes. though. Another round being here in international feature with the Vinterberg director knob makes sense. Did I call it a knob? The it's Albert knobs, yes. Better Days is a surprise from China, Mike. This is about bullying in a, in a school, and the characters are, are you're really rooting hard for them. It's a just parade of sadness and misery. But it, it, it kind of works as a film, I would say, unfor yeah, unfortunately, because I didn't want it to get in. But no, it's, it's, a, it's worthy. It makes sense. It's a big epic film about two high school kids. And it, it's, it's very sad. It's very moving. I get it. Collecti Does Collective really need a second nom? I know everybody predicted it. I am belligerently went against it. You predicted it here. <laughs> you did. Well, like, why is what, it what is, It's a well, documentary. What is, I don't understand what your big problem with it is. Because I like the other movies. I like A Son. I like them no longer here. I like these other... The you rest were very high on A Son all year. I will say that, yes. Stop doing this with documentaries and the dual but category But Saida, I think I pronounced that wrong. You love that movie. That got nominated. I love that movie. Another Parade of Sadness. Really tough to watch, but 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 really well made. And, uh, you know, props to it. We I did predict that one. We both did. The Man Who Sold the Skin. I love that watch. I, I, I gave it a rave review. I'm just a little surprised to see it here. Like, it, 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 I will tell you this. It was one of the more crowd-pleasing ones. So I was surprised to see them go with a crowd-pleaser at the end of the day. Another round, The Man Who Sold the Skin. I, very bittersweet, let's be honest. But for this category, they are crowd-pleasers. A Son... I'm no longer here are my laments. Will most you, of all, Hope is a good one. Yeah, Yorona. Yeah, there's a lot of good movies. Charlatan, I was a big fan will of. Will you go as hard in international feature and documentary feature next year? 
yeah, I'm stubborn. I'm a stubborn man. <laughs> good, good. Really I was stubborn. hoping you'd say so. <laughs> Look, talk about stubbornness, and we thought this was easy. Like, we were This was a layup. Gloating. We were <laughs> gloating in the last This was episode. an absolute layup, and we blew it. <laughs> blew it. Just blew the layup, a finger roll, just all right off the front of the rim. Chuck what does Smith. That remind you of? Kemp Powers, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, onward. Over the Moon, a Shaun the Sheep movie farm again is the surprise, and Soul. I'm not sorry for Kemp Powers getting in here. He should win the category, I hope. But, yeah, I mean, Onward, Soul, Over the Moon didn't surprise us at the end of the day, but Sean the Sheep, holy cripe. No Croods. Croods, too, which had hit every precursor along the way. We thought that was a given as, like, the third lock or the fourth lock. We thought Soul was a given, Onward was a given, Wolfwalkers was a given, and Croods, too, had done enough in the last three weeks. It showed yep. up in enough precursor places, with the, whether a guild or whether uh, BAFTAs or, or Golden Glows. We're like, okay, it's, it's going to be everywhere. It's funny. Yeah, I forgot to mention Wolfwalkers. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, well, yeah, Wolfwalkers was a given. But, yeah, no, the Croods 2 was funny. It had, like, a goofy-ass ending, like a Trolls World Tour ending. It was really silly, but it was fun. It was like a kid's ending. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. But I can't imagine. I didn't make it to the end of Sean the Sheep of Farmageddon. <laughs> I can't imagine the poignant uh, treatise on human nature that we got from an alien sheep and a Farmageddon. So don't tell me. I can't tell anyway. you how happy I am. That both Husevik and Sean the Sheep of Farmageddon or whatever are Oscar noms. Congratulations. I was wrong. Netflix. We do need the Oscars this year. We do need <laughs> Short film categories really quick, Michael. Uh, the documentary short, Colette, I was all over a concerto. It was a conversation. I love that film. It's on YouTube, or at least it was. Maybe it's not now. Maybe they take those off and they, they do the... Uh, Hopefully they put them on VOD, by the way, for everybody and, and for us, for that matter. But Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, A Love Song for Latasha on Netflix, documentary short subject, The Speed Cubers on Netflix. What would Sophia Loren do on Netflix? They got left out of documentary short. And those are two demands of mine. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Happy. What are you going to burn down? You promised. Speed Cubers. I'm burning something down. <laughs> I'm probably just I'm afraid to burn too much down because there's like fires everywhere in the world. <laughs> But I might I might burn a piece of paper. You'll stomp an empty soda can. I'll tell you that much. I will stomp the <laughs> hell out of that soda can. Michael, best short animated film, Burrow on Disney+. Plus. Genius Lochi. Lokai, excuse me. If Anything Happens, I Love You was, was the one that had to get yeah. nominated on Netflix, I thought. Opera, the Icelandic, yes, people, Michael. I demanded out. I demanded to Gerard, and they did not happen. You could still watch out on Disney Plus. It's it's adorable, and you could still watch Two Gerard on Peacock. But yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to watch these animated films and see if the the other ones uh, have it over the the rest of the shortlist. I still am mad at the uh, the Simpsons short that started before Onward didn't make it. So well, that is an interesting thing to bring up now because I don't think they give like these established filmmakers and established properties. Canvas was another one, Mike from Netflix, Pixar people. You know, I don't think they give the big people these nominations. And, and again, huge backhanded compliment. Like, well, Almodovar too, right? It wasn't Almodovar in a short and he didn't make Almodovar, it? This is the great transition. He mm. was supposed to get nominated for the human voice with uh, Tilda Swinton in the movie, but no, snubbed out of best short film live action, feeling through the letter room, the present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. I had seen B2 and DA. I, I didn't see any of these others, so we're gonna, we have a lot of work to do. We'll, we will review these at some point when we can get a hold of them, though. Just a quick rundown of uh, noms by studio. Netflix, you already mentioned, they fall one short of three dozen. They 
They had 35 noms. Disney comes over a dozen themselves. They pull in 15. Amazon with an even dozen of 12. Universal gets 11. WB pulls in eight. Six of those come from Judas and the Black Messiah alone. Sony had six as well. A24 also had six. Apple gets in the game with two Oscar noms themselves. And forgive me, other studios had noms, and maybe those aren't exactly right because I didn't, you know, I, I really just rushed those stats. But uh, yeah, man, it's the uh, it's it's a big day for Netflix. It's a big day for streaming. Of course, we knew it would be. Uh, it's a major shift. We're gonna have a lot to talk about Tons. for the rest of the year. We've been doing a ton of industry stuff, a ton of research projects. You, as a lawyer, you dove deep into the Paramount decrees. We we dove deep into a couple huge things that happened at the box office with coronavirus, etc. With the windows, I'm a all lawyer? that stuff matters. I look can't at be this. A look at this. I'm Stally too much boy. of a jackass to be a lawyer. That that can't be right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But Michael, that was a fun one, though. Big, big, big day for us. This is a big day for us, for everyone involved in this space. And uh, listen, hopefully for you, dear listener, and we're going to do our best to keep the fun times coming, to keep it interesting and intriguing and give you all the information and analysis you need leading up to and through Oscars Sunday on April 25th. So uh, that's this is your slate. This is the 93rd Academy Awards, all the noms. These are our first hardcore, just off-the-cuff reactions. We're going to dive in deep as these days go on and more importantly we have a lot of special guests lined up already to help us parse through these noms and categories deeper and more specifically and more thoroughly so do stay tuned for that obviously what is most important to us though you letting us know what you think of these noms what was your biggest snub what are you most excited for what are you most appalled by let us know that as well as any other comments questions or concerns you have about anything we do here in the mmo empire as we like to call it you can leave us those on our social medias we are mike mike and oscar on facebook and instagram we are at mm and oscar on twitter where we are active every single day on there you can tweet at us uh, we are mike mike and oscar at gmail.com Com. And on Reddit, we are available everywhere you hear podcasts. Like I said at the top of the show, if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast app, if you would be so kind as to tap on our cartoon faces and leave us a five-star review and write one out for us, it would take about 10 seconds out of your day and truly, truly make our entire day. We appreciate every single one of you who does that. Michael, uh, what are some words of wisdom to end on and let the good people know what is coming up next? Well, words of wisdom is nobody knows anything from <laughs> William Goldman there. Nobody knows nothing. I think... Uh, I think I love William Goldman, number one, The Princess Bride, Butch and Sundance, and a great Knicks fan, and uh, we, we miss him. But certainly, uh, it, it rings true for the industry. And we predict this thing year-round. We talk about it year-round. I think we're more about the, the conversation than the predictions, and maybe that'll change as we as we launch MikeMikeAndOscar.com sometime soon over the next couple of months, couple of years, couple of decades at some point we're doing a lot of work on it we're gonna we're gonna launch mike mike and oscar.com it's gonna happen there's so much yeah. faith in you saying that i'm gonna be around for a couple more decades <laughs> <laughs> you can't you now you, you can't leave you can't leave we're doing anyway look uh nobody knows anything and we we tried our best uh, for this predictions we do them late but we do them and um 81 78 i won't say who won but out of 103 <laughs> at the end of an hour and a predicted. half you're not going to say who won after gloating all episode i did yeah i did i did one i did one i did i, I, I won i beat you I gotcha. 81 out of eight, uh, 103. A strong B minus uh, on the day. Maybe No, it's a C plus, actually. Damn. I suck. You suck worse, though. So I can be happy. Good, Michael. Good for you. Yeah. What's coming next? You kind of mentioned it. Look, we, we 
we do movie reviews throughout every season. I don't know if we'll do a, a full Oscar Sprint profile movie review as we do non-spoiler, spoilers, halfway point, spoiler warning. But I, I don't know if we're necessarily going to do any more big movie reviews, but we will review movies on our every week news show, Oscar Race Checkpoint. We will also react to all of the precursors that are left. We have the WGA and PGA coming next week. Then it's the Directors Guild. Then it's the SAGs. Then BAFTAs. And you guys will have actually two weeks of loaded preview coverage, especially after the BAFTAs. But it's really, it's a six-week sprint right now, Mike. I know we talk about Oscar sprint. Nobody gets it when we say it. But it is going to be a six-week sprint. we got a lot of content coming. we got a lot of episodes, at least three per week after this one. And uh, it's going to be fun. Like you said, those special guests, guests, I mean, there are a lot of dream guests, a lot of people, you know, we're trying to talk to people we haven't talked to for a long time and certainly uh, that we haven't gotten to know yet. Uh, and every year there's a lot of go-tos that we're going to ask again because we had some great guests on this past year and, and over the last few seasons uh, of covering the Oscars. So if, if we if we don't have all the same names from last year, that's deliberate. We're trying to talk to new people, but we're really excited about the guest list, and we're really excited about the guests we've had on the show before, and we'll talk to again. So it's a yeah, we're being social. Can you believe it? Your volleyball's <laughs> talking to me, but we're actually going to talk to other human beings. Well, we're starting talking to other human beings with the very next episode. We have a special guest lined up who we have not had on the show before. Uh, big name in the industry, so we're looking forward to that. Hopefully it goes off and uh, nothing falls through. We don't like over-promising because life happens, but if all things go according to plan, uh, we're going to have a new, a new guest uh, leading off the next episode. So excited for that. But guys... Uh, when reality sucks, you can come react to these noms with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. Runners, take your marks. The sprint is about to begin. We'll see you guys very soon. See you.